Welcome back to episode 61 of the Hockey House podcast presented by OptumX Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, bringing you all the latest news from the ACHA and the CHF offseason. Due to some technical difficulties this week on my end, uh, I was having some computer troubles yesterday. Couldn't get my computer to charge or to have any, you know, my microphone input work at all. So had to uh, get some pressurized air from one of my roommates and that ended up being the trick. I got one of the newer MacBooks, so it's kind of like a uh, an old iPhone when you, when you get dirt and and junk stuck in the charging port usually it has it has trouble charging so it's able to clean that out and it's a short-term solution to probably a long-term issue at this point able to bring you today's episode uh without herm glick and fitz uh the boys will join us next week but i'm just going to kind of take care of of the news that we have this week interesting development in the hockey world this week or at least the college hockey world more specifically lindenwood's reign as the newest ncaa division one men's ice hockey team came to an abrupt end this week they held that title for 12 days before Stonehill College in Eastern Massachusetts announced on Tuesday that they would be elevating their athletic program from Division 2 to Division 1. The Skyhawks were one of the rare D2 hockey schools competing in the Northeast 10 Conference. Their hockey team will be moving up to the Division 1 ranks next season as an independent for the 2022-23 season. Not huge news in the ACHA, but definitely does have an effect on the ACHA. Most of the time when we see new schools going into Division 1, Lindenwood, Arizona State, Penn State. It's teams that were successful in the ACHA making that jump to the Division One ranks. For the first time in a while, this is a D2 school that's making the jump to the Division One level. Stonehill was competing in the Northeast 10 Conference against teams like St. Michael's College, Southern New Hampshire, St. A's, Post, just to name a few. So it'll be a really interesting development here and how this shapes out to the hockey world. I, for one, think it's great. I think there were a lot of people shocked at this because of you know the record that Stonehill had last year competing against D2 and D3 teams. But you'd have to imagine if they're making the jump to Division 1 that they'll get plenty of transfers considering how easy it is to to enter the portal these days in the college landscape. I would imagine they'll play some sort of hybrid schedule next year where they play D3 teams, D2 teams, and D1 teams. You got to think that they'll be playing Lindenwood a couple times and maybe LIU a couple times. Uh, I know it wasn't rare this past season to see LIU compete against some of those D2 two schools. I know they played a lot against Assumption College and St. A's. So don't be surprised if you see LIU taking on Stonehill this next coming year. Sounds like there's a plan in place to put a rink on campus. I know some donors came out and said that they would build a rink or they would help fund a rink if there were plans to do it. As of right now, Stonehill has been playing in Bridgewater, Massachusetts. It is the home of Bridgewater State in the ACHA D2 ranks. So there's another ACHA tie for you. But it's interesting here. Like You got to think that a lot of D2 guys, will they be on the roster next year? They're going to get a bunch of transfers. How is that going to work out? I think all in all, I think it's good for, for college hockey. It's 30 more opportunities. We talk about all the time. The reason the ACHA is so successful is because it is so hard to play college hockey in this opens the door for, for 30 more guys at the Division One level. I'm sure it'll have a, a trickle-down effect on the college hockey landscape. That was the lead this week. That was the big breaking news. Stonehill College going Division One and being independent next year at the NCAA Division One men's ice hockey level. Wanted to give some stick taps this week. First up, I uh, wanted to congratulate Brendan Pepe on signing with the Danbury Hattricks of the Fed, the Stony Brook captain and 2021-2022 Eastern States Collegiate Hockey League Player of the Year. He's a former guest of the show. If you want to hear his thoughts on, on the ACHA and playing at Stony Brook, that was back 
episode 16. He joined us with former teammate Robbie Lockwood. He's actually going to face off against Fitz Friday night in Binghamton, so that'll be one to watch. Uh, I know I'll have the YouTube live stream going for that one, but congratulations to to Brendan. You know, this when we talked to him, this was one of his goals. You know, he the reason he wanted to play in the ACHA, the reason he wanted to go to a, a competitive team like Stony Brook was the opportunity to one day continue his hockey career after college and play at the pro level. So I was really pumped to see him signing with the hat tricks. Wish him nothing but the best in his uh, his pro career here down the road. Another stick tap. I want to give one to Young Gravy. Uh, I'm not a big Young Gravy fan, but obviously really cool to see him rocking a Grand Valley State jersey the other day. He performed at GVSU Spring Concert over the weekend and was repping the ACHA team's jersey. I'm not sure if it was a D1 Grand Valley State jersey or a D3, but nonetheless, still pretty cool anytime you get you know a, a celebrity like that wearing ACHA jersey. It's huge for the league. More stick taps. I want to give one to Nick Spina. He is the one producing and directing the documentary about Marist Hockey. If you have not checked that out already, it's titled The Future Is Now, All Access to Marist Hockey. We love these. Zach at, at NC State has been making one for a long time. And so anytime you get a behind the scenes look at these kind of HBO 24-7 Road to the Winter Classic style documentaries about teams and hard knocks vibes, it's definitely really cool to see the behind the scenes of another ACHA program. So I checked out episode one. It dropped two weeks ago. Uh, episode two hasn't come out yet, but be sure to check out episode one. Pretty quick episode, but gives you a glimpse of what Marist hockey is like. Lastly, I want to give a shout out to the boys at Bishop's University. They deserve some shout out. We haven't talked about them in a while. They joined us uh, on an episode last summer. The boys went 5-0 and in their first season in the CHF due to trouble crossing the border. They were really limited in, in the number of games that they were able to play, but when they did hit the ice, they made it count, and they, like I said, went 5-0 and for the Gators this season. Huge shout-out to former guest Keen Hogan and the rest of the squad at Bishops University. That is a school in Canada that makes the trek down to play in the CHF. Wanted to give a self-plug to some of my my friends here at Syracuse and teammates. They have started a, a hockey league in the summer in Massachusetts. It's a college summer hockey league for ACHA and NCAA caliber players. It's known as the Frozen Jungle College Summer League. It's going to be Thursday nights starting on June 23rd and going until August 11th. The skates are going to be in Canton, Massachusetts at the Canton Ice House. If you're in the area, highly recommend signing up for this. That way you don't have to play in, in a men's league. You can play against other high caliber college hockey players like i said canton massachusetts so any mass new england guys be sure to check it out open to all college age players uh some of the schools that have players going riviere curry college stonehill syracuse providence acha as well so i mean we, we mentioned stonehill at the top of this show uh they're making the jump to division one and they got guys skating in the summer here in this league so definitely check it out if you're looking for a place to skate this summer it's gonna be once a week on thursday nights for more information you can head to instagram and follow at limitless they will direct you where to go if you want even more information head to the website limitless hockey.net or cantonicehouse.com. If you don't want to go that far out of way, feel free to shoot us a DM, uh, the Hockey House Pod, and we can point you in the right direction where you go if you're interested in playing the league. If you want to sign up, send an email to gchamberlain at cantonicehouse.com. That's G-C-H-A-M-B-E-R-L-A-I-N at cantonicehouse.com. Cantonicehouse, C-A-N-T-O-N nicehouse.com good to stay in shape over the off season and that way you don't have to play on a men's league team with with all kinds of age differences you can kind of compete at a faster pace skate with uh, some other college players playing in the ECHA and the NCAA so want to give them a shout out that is the frozen jungle college 
Summer League. Before we dive into this week's interview, I just wanted to touch on one relatively breaking story sent in by friend of the podcast and Oklahoma Sooner Ethan McKinley. And much of this reporting was done by ArticleQS.com, so thank you for that source. The Oklahoma Sooners Ice Hockey Club is getting forced out of the Blazers Ice Center, the rink they've called home since the club's inception in 2003. The team that's taking their place is the Wichita Falls Warriors, uh, soon to be known as the Oklahoma Warriors, who plays in the Null. The Warriors reportedly want the ice every Friday and Saturday night, which is typically when the Sooners play their home games. So OU Hockey is going to be losing their practice time, dressing room, and weight room. The loss of ice in Norman means that the hockey team is going to be forced to play their games at Arctic Edge Ice Arena, which is located in Edmond, about 50 minutes away from campus on a good day. Here's the interesting thing about Arctic Edge edge is that it houses UCO, University of Central Oklahoma, and that rivalry runs deep between the Sooners and the Bronchos. Uh, Those teams do not like each other at all, so it's going to be really interesting to see how they coexist. Obviously, we never want to see an ACHA team lose their home, and it's really unfortunate for all of the players that have traveled from near and far to play for the Sooners, kind of hoping that the situation smooths out as the season goes on. Additional news, and we happen to find this out as we were posting the episode now on Friday morning, Niagara Niagara has formally announced that they will officially shed their alliance, the Northeast Collegiate Hockey League, and transition from their conference designation to that of the Eastern States Collegiate Hockey League, effective immediately. Uh, Niagara will will drop the following teams from their conference schedule. Uh, Number 29, Oswego State. Number 46, RIT, Rochester Institute of Technology. Number 49, University of Buffalo. Number 54, Canisius College. Number 61, Rutgers University. Will remain an out-conference opponent for two games. And first year, TCNJ, the College of New Jersey. They will compete in the following conference of number eight, Stony Brook, for four games, two conference to none, number 23, University of Rhode Island, number 25, Delaware University, number 33, New York University, number 35, Drexel University, and number 53, Syracuse University. Obviously, it's really a bummer that we can't have Murph comment on this because he's in class right now, but the Eschel is really shaping up to be a very, very solid conference. What's interesting to note is that Niagara's ACHA D1 team is also going to be playing against D3 NCAA Buffalo State, SUNY Brockport, and SUNY Fredonia. Really shows how far the talent goes across the ACHA. Now, Back to Murph. This week's guest, we were able to see him play at the national tournament goalie for Liberty's ACHA D2 team, Dakota Sianyuk. He was a great guy. Joined us for the show. Kind of gave us a behind-the-scenes look at Liberty, a team that you know is obviously always under the spotlight in the ACHA, but we wanted to kind of dive deeper in, and Dakota's a hockey house all-star, so it made perfect sense for him to join the show. We talked to Dakota. It was the week before the final ACHA D2 rankings came out, so we've had this one in the bank for the while a while. He did a great job at Nationals standing on his head for the Liberty Flames. We are going to kind of release that interview now. And so we'll turn it over. You'll hear from Dakota and, and what it's like behind the scenes look at Liberty Hockey. And that interview is coming up next on the Hockey House Pod. We're pleased to be joined by a Lone Star State native and Hockey House All-Star, Liberty D2 men's goaltender, number 30, Dakota Sihanyuk. Dakota, welcome to the Hockey House. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Congratulations on being the first Liberty player to come on the pod. We went with a a local Hockey House All-Star. Maybe some people would have wanted a a guy on the D1 team because they're always in the spotlight. But no, we're staying close to home and and picking our All-Star goalie. So thanks for coming on. Let's dive in here. Talk a little bit about uh, how the season's going. I know you guys just celebrated Senior Night. Uh, What was that like, you know, celebrating Senior Night at La Haye? You know, it was pretty great. They actually did a lot for us. So they had our parents come out on the bench and they were able to watch 
watch warm-ups and they had a little video for us and flowers already they bought flowers for us and they had everything prepared so it was really great having the parents be able to come out and my four years here it's kind of just been like winging it and then this year they had a plan so we're able to get all I think six or seven of us were able to have everybody there all the families and everything so it's pretty great that's a pretty cool tradition I, I like having the parents on the bench for warm-ups that's something different that not not every school does but I'll, I'm gonna have to make a mental note of that one yeah it was definitely unique I was kind of surprised when I was warming up and I just see my parents on the bench and I was like oh, what's going on I'm sure they enjoyed it right Oh yeah, the parents were they were loving it. They were taking, you know, hundred pictures and videos and everybody really enjoyed it. It was it was a good time, good memory. So mentioned you're from the Lone Star State. Talk about uh hockey growing up in Texas and uh you know, hockey growing up and what eventually led you to to decide on going to Liberty. I kinda grew up all over. My dad was in the Air Force, so we moved every three years. So I started actually playing in New Jersey for two years before. Moved to Alabama and I played for the Pelham Panthers by Birmingham kind of. So that was unique and then I after two or three years there then I moved to Texas and I was in Texas for about five years playing uh just single a hockey had ice once once or twice a week didn't really have any practices had like I mean 15 20 games and then when I turned 15 I was able to go to a prep school in Minnesota and play uh triple a hockey up there so I mean Texas it, it was great hockey actually like um they started growing the stars really put a lot of effort with all the rinks there and it was pretty fun to play there so at, you're growing up, and like I said, you went to Minnesota. At what point, uh, I'm assuming you, you kind of knew you wanted to play college hockey, and what kind of schools were you looking at, and what led you to decide on Liberty? I went to Minnesota to just try to get my foot in the door and skate a lot more. All I cared about was really getting that ice time and getting the coaching that I thought I needed. And so that led me to play juniors in the USP, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do um, for college hockey. I was thinking D3. I was kind of dead set on that, and then you know Liberty sent me an email, and I was like, like, all right, what's this ACHA school? Uh, I looked at it and I was like, oh, geez, this is pretty sick. Like their facilities are unreal. And they were uh, interested in having me on the uh, D2 team. I was like really shocked at, you know, how great all the facilities were compared to a lot of, you know, NCAA D3 teams. And I was like, all right, the only way I'd go here now is if they had aviation. There's not very many schools that have aviation. I was interested in flying. And sure enough, they had an aviation program. So everything lined up, honestly, everything I was looking for. We categorize Liberty as a hockey factory. That means you have ACHA at every level. Because I think, you know, a lot of people, they see the videos of of the Division One team and, you know, the LaHaye. But, I mean, you guys are using the same facilities. And not only that, but you guys are a powerhouse in Division Two. Talk about, like, what was your welcome to the ACHA moment when you, when you first topped on the ice with the Flames? So my welcome to the ACHA moment probably was uh, one of our first home games. We were getting ready to go out. We're waiting for like 20 minutes and our coach goes, oh, you know, I think I forgot to schedule refs. I was like, so what happens? Turns out he was like, all right, well, we can't forfeit. We're, we're playing like a decent team that mattered for rankings. And we're like, all right, uh, we got to figure something out. So it ended up our we had our captain who is a certified ref in the ACHA. So our captain took his gear off put on his refing stuff and he went out there and ref the game he was like yeah like jackson's gonna ref our, our captain i was like all right like this is kind of sick like we'll get some calls i think but no i was completely wrong that kid was so stressed out about wanting to be fair that he actually just sewered us we got about like 20 minutes of penalties we're on the pk the whole game an absolute opposite of what everyone thought we come back i mean we ended up losing the game i think like five two five three and we're all just like shell shocked that that just happened i mean we weren't really mad at him because it's such a hard situation you know he just wanted to be fair he's so worried about you know being fair that i think it it was just a hard situation he ended up kind of just sewering us nobody was mad it was just kind of a 
funny situation. I mean, of all the places, like I would not expect that to happen to you guys, but think about Lynchburg, like not like a huge hockey market. So it's not like you can just call a ref on demand there too. And even better, it's like the captain. So like, it's not like you're making a rookie ref and everyone's like crapping on the rookie afterwards and giving him a hard time. Like who's going to speak up to the captain about that? That's such a tough sewer for him. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we always have the same ref. So, I mean, there's not many choices at all. I think every, every ref, probably drives a couple hours at least i think they're you know they're not local we don't really have that many local ones at least from my impression but yeah it was definitely it was a it was a senior captain so he was there for a while and i mean it was just yeah it was a crazy situation and i think ohio ended up having one of their players ref as well i don't i'm not sure on that but that's what i heard is that they had they had an ohio like guy refing as well so one from each team but they're both certified refs so i guess so it worked out talk a little bit about you know your freshman year back in, in 2018 what was that that season like and, and kind of getting adjusted to not only the ACHA level but you know the college lifestyle at Liberty yeah it was uh definitely interesting so my first day I show up to the rink and one of the coaches I'm wearing I have all my you know I played for the Jersey Shore Whalers so I have all my you know teal and black gear my goalie gear like my helmet he was like all right well we got to fix that so you know a couple days later I had all new equipment that matched Liberty colors uh, helmet gloves sticks pads everything and so that was like a wow I'm in a really great place and they really care about me. So instantly that was like hockey, uh, everything with hockey was like great. Like they treated me so well. They really brought me in like family and they cared about me. And then going to Liberty, I actually decided to live off campus so for my freshman year, I was pretty set on living off campus because there's uh, there's a lot of curfews and stuff throughout the weekdays. I think it's like 10 or 11 if you live on campus. But if you're off campus, you don't have to really, there's no curfews or anything like that. So I was off campus my first year and yeah, I just started flying and playing hockey and it was great. I mean, the school is just on another level. I don't think I've really been to a school that is so nice and has such nice facilities. I mean, from the rink to the workout rooms to, you know, the classes, everything that is provided to us. It's kind of crazy that when you really think about it, you know. Do most students live off campus then? Is that like a, a big deterrent for them? You know, I, I would say that there is there's a lot of you know, guys that go to Liberty and and they're not really, they want a less structured thing. And so if you're, I think you have to be over 21. So if you're 21, there's no requirement for you to live on campus. I would say a lot of the athletes that are over 21 end up living off campus their freshman year. A lot of guys, they'll live on campus their freshman year and then they'll move off if they want to. But some some people like structure and that's that's what they come here for Liberty for. There's a lot of, you know, people that are specifically wanting a college with structure. So it's not, it's not anything, you know, crazy. I mean, it's, it's rules, but there's ways where you can, you know, go to Liberty without having to follow every single rule if you don't want to. You just have to, you know, live off campus and have your own schedule and stuff like that, but it's not too bad. You touched on the facilities a little bit, but I think like it is obviously something that is is way different than any, any other school, specifically at the Division Two ACHA level. Walk us through what your normal week looks like in terms of like practice schedule and workouts and, and kind of like what environment you're doing and then like what's the locker room look like and where are you guys training? Pretty much our weekly schedule since I've I've been here has been Mondays. We have maybe you know a workout from ten to eleven, and then we have a team video session sometimes at four. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we practice from around seven forty-five to nine, and then we have the ice from nine to nine thirty. There's also extra ice 
for an hour if if I want to work on just goalie stuff, goalie drills. I can stay on with some shooters and do that and then work out right after that most of the time for an hour. And we have uh, a lot of video sessions as well and team meetings sometimes. But I mean, it, it's definitely a pretty packed schedule, I would say. Um, our only off day is when we're not, uh, it's a Sunday probably is our off day. And we're going Monday through Friday. Fridays usually, you know, usually have games, practice every day of the week pretty much with workouts that literally sounds like like what i'm going through here just you have school on top of it that, that's insane what you guys have there i feel like i'm playing ncaa hockey even at the division two level i mean we're treated so well i mean we have surveys workout surveys where sometimes you got to fill out the survey of how you're feeling every single day uh for your strength coach to to see and sometimes if you're if you're sore or anything they adjust the workout for you so it's it's pretty nice and they have they have a lot of different uh tools that they use to help us out so we have multiple workout rooms and then we have training rooms we i think we have two of those and then pretty much just yeah doing that taking care of yourself when i was hurt or guys are hurt we're doing a lot of pt so typically we work that in as well so even right now i I was working on my knee a little bit so i've been going to the training room for maybe an hour doing physical therapy uh stuff like that as well but there's a lot of different facilities that we can use to help us you know play the best hockey we can you mentioned facilities. One one thing that comes to mind and talking about treatment, you guys, unfortunately, when you flew out to nationals last year, the sticks got left behind. What was the situation with that? Yeah, that was interesting. So we flew up to Bismarck for the tournament and we're waiting for our bags uh, right off the plane and they don't show up. And we're like, all right, that's not good. So we talked to the, the gay people like, no, don't worry. They'll, they'll be here tomorrow. Like, don't worry. Promise. Eight, like 7 a.m. First flight. Don't worry about it. Our coach is like, all right, sounds good. We have practice at, you know, four. So we'll be fine. So we go to go to sleep, wake up the next morning. Drive, like we have a couple guys drive to the airport and they're not there. And we're like, well, you guys said they'd be in the morning. Well, we didn't know, but uh, ETBU was flying in. So they all their bags took up all the space in the plane. So your sticks, they're still not going to make it on. Uh, they're going to come tonight. We're like, all right, well, looks like we don't have sticks for practice. So we, we go we go to the rink. We're like, are you even going to practice? And their coaches made us practice. They were like, all right, yeah, get your stuff on. And then he walks in the locker room before practice. He's like trying to run through the practice plan. He's like, all right, so first drill today, we're going to split up in each corner and play some tag. And we just all like laugh. We're like, what? And he's like, what's funny? Like, we're going to play some tag, like work on some skating. And we're like, what's, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. So we get on the ice and our skaters are playing tag with our coach we have nothing to do and then we and then we play tag for five ten minutes and then we start running through our normal practice but we just have no sticks and no pucks and we're just like imagining that we have sticks and we're doing all of the drills that we would usually do but with no pucks so they're coming down you know like shooting on me with fake pucks and i'm making these gross saves so i mean we made it work but it was definitely interesting because every like there was probably you know 20 other people on different teams watching us like what are these kids doing like bunch of losers out here i don't have any sticks (laughs) so it was pretty fun experience so everybody had a good attitude about it and we made it we made it work for us we didn't want to just kind of not skate at all we wanted to get on the ice a little bit so we're able to make it work we touched on it before the show talking about it but what's it like remind me of his name too and but what's it like uh having a former player as as your coach i mean that must be a pretty good environment for the guys especially when you know he, he played at liberty yeah ben hughes has been my coach the all four years since I've been here and he's a he's a great guy great coach he really uh cares about us and he'll do anything he can to accommodate us in our schedules because he knows that we have school and personal lives and everything so he tries his best to make sure we're able to have a time away from the rink it's really great is that he played 
pretty recently. So he knows he's like involved in the mental side. He knows like what guys are going through when they're not having good games, when they're struggling, maybe when they're having different, you know, struggles on the ice, off the ice. So he's really good at handling those situations. And I think that throughout my four years here, he's really, you know, take a step behind me and supported me and really emphasized him believing in me. And I think that everybody I know on the team, they really think that he's a great guy to talk to and he's always going to be there if you need him for hockey related things or personal related things. And he's, he's good at really being there for you. And if some guys need to go somewhere for family reasons, he'll be, you know, all for it and ask you if you need anything. And it's great having him around. I've really enjoyed being coached by him. We mentioned too the you know the the schedule and how crazy it is balancing hockey and in academics. Is there you know a necessary commitment to faith at Liberty? Is that a requirement as being a student? Um, no, it's not a requirement. I really think that anybody's you know anybody can go to Liberty. You don't have to be Christian. You don't have to be a, you know super religious. They're really accommodating to anybody. There's not every single guy on our team is came here because it's a Christian school. I I mean, personally, I didn't really even know it was a Christian school until I got accepted. And then I, you know, found out that way. But I would say there's a lot of guys on like our team and other teams at Liberty that they came there for sports and, you know, they're, they're not really that religious and it's not really forced upon anybody. It's just part of the school. And I would say the only, the only thing you're required to go to is like every Wednesday and Friday, it's called convocation and they bring in speakers to speak at the school, you know, once or twice a week and it's really like like we have like had brett Favre, we've had steph curry it's not really religious specific speakers it's just you're required to go listen to whoever they bring in that week speak and then other than that you don't you're not required to uh, really do anything like that so i mean if you come here and you're not religious at all you wouldn't have any issues you know going to the school like this i mean many people are not religious at all and that's fine but i think that that really is the environment is every like they welcome you in no matter if you're a christian if you're not religious at all i think they they welcome you with open arms regardless of that and uh they really make you feel at home and they're always going to be there for you and it's a great environment regardless of anything any of your personal beliefs and i think that's one of the reasons that makes liberty a great school to be is you know they really accept anyone yeah i feel like that's a pretty like common you know misconception about liberty is people automatically jump to the christianity and and how strict everything is and uh, about that so it's 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 good to finally have have a liberty guy on and talk about that and you know i i see all the guys on the instagram stories will always talk about going to convocation and and that kind of thing jumping to the hockey stuff though let's let's kind of dive into your career and your time at liberty who are some of the the bigger rivals that you guys have had you know in, in regular season play in your time yeah, it's kind of changed. Freshman year, it was Penn State. That was really the powerhouse they were facing in the Southeast region. And they were in mock. That was like the team to beat when I was a freshman. And that's kind of shifted now. I would say it's been University of Mary, I would say, is our biggest rival for just guys on the team. We want to beat them and they're a great team. That's probably the biggest rival is them and NC State. NC State is also a great team. They really come up the past two years. I would say freshman year, I wouldn't really have seen them as a rival, even though they ended up beating us for regionals we only played that was the only time we played them I think that entire year I would say NC State and Mary and our team just loves to play University of Mary um, the guys on that team are great and they respect us and we respect them and so when we play against each other it's a hard game and most of the time it's close one time it wasn't very close when it mattered semis they uh, ended up squeaking, squeaking out a couple of lucky bounces on me seven rip loss but other than that they've been pretty close games 
Uh, what, what were your thoughts before the game? Not only are you playing the top team in the country, but it's in the national tournament and it's on their home ice and the place is sold out. It was uh, it was a lot. It was I was fired up for the game. You know, in the uh, that year we played them, I think four times, and you know, one time we went to an eighteen round shootout. Their time they beat us by one goal and then we tied the fourth time so they were all one goal games going into that that game in the semis and don't underestimate their home barn because we came in there and the crowd was they were fired up they were buzzing and it kind of threw our team off off of their off of our game so it kind of just got in our heads honestly and I think that University of Mary they were they were fired up to play and they they played one of their best games that we've played them and I think that kind of fell apart there and we weren't able to handle it I think that's like a maturity thing that our team had an issue with is you know being able to handle that pressure of you know the fans and this like the toughness of the game and everything like that so I think that it was a good experience for our core group coming in to this next year to learn from so that we're ready for nationals this year. But that was a, it was a crazy atmosphere. It was really fun to play, even though we ended up losing, but nothing but respect for them. And I'm glad they were able to lose to the national champions. And it was, it was a good experience overall. What's it like with just the dynamic between you guys and the, the D1 team there? What's the, the chemistry there like? Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody knows everybody on the teams. And I think D1, every every guy on there is just a great guy. I don't really have anything bad to say about them. We don't really, you know, see each other or like skate. We never really scrimmage each other. It's kind of separate in that in it, we're kind of our own entity. So I don't think in my four years, we've ever, you know, scrimmaged them or anything like that. But uh, we'll have guys go up and practice with them if they want. And if they need guys, they'll ask us if they, you know, want to have like a three on three scrimmage or go on for extra ice they always ask us if you want to hop out there with them but it's kind of cool we we always go support them when we can for the for their games their midnight games a lot of our team will go and watch and we'll root for them and we have good relationship with them and it's good learning from them there's a bunch of great guys on there especially goaltending wise for me you know having Cedric and Hunter just watching them and seeing how they practice it's it's really great environment yeah there's not too much scrimmaging or anything like that between the two teams or any of the teams really at you know D1 D2 D3 level. We're, we're big fans of uh, Cedric. We'll give him a shout out now. Love uh, interacting with him on the Instagram page and a couple times I, I played against him my my freshman year. Yeah, he's a great guy. I love him. Every time I see him, we have great conversations and you know he's just a stand-up guy. It's just great to watch him and be around him at the rink and it's awesome. On the topic of goalies, you mentioned getting gear on, on one of your first days. You've got quite the setup going on. I want to say it, one of the more iconic goalie setups in the ACHA just because the publicity I feel like you had when when you got them because Bauer was posting the graphics. Want to walk us through what that process was like? Yeah, I actually I got kind of lucky. I knew some I knew a rep at Pure Hockey, and you know they gave me a really good deal and said if I were to make a custom set of pads, I was one of the first true design goalie pads made at Bauer. I was kind of right at the beginning of that, so they were able to you know give me a deal and have me design it. So I knew a graphic designer, and so I was able to choose exactly what I wanted and sent it to Bauer and you know they made it and put it on their website pure it was on pure hockey's website and yeah it was it was an awesome experience you know they got I got to customize every single thing about the pads I wanted and like not just the colors but like how they built them if it was firm soft everything like that so it was a great experience and I was able to uh do that and really make the pads that I that I wanted I got another goalie question for you here your girlfriend plays college hockey and is a goaltender as well what is that like you know training in the off season it's very interesting so that's how I, I met her in Minnesota um we actually were 
you know, goalies at the same prep school. And so it's fun dating another goalie because we, we go out, have ice sessions in the summer and over winter break and we do drills and it's like, it's normal. It's like we get shooters, do drills, um, not too much coaching. That doesn't go over well if someone tries to coach someone that other, like if I say anything about her T pushes, oh, she'll be after me. It's actually, it's really fun having another goalie though, doing drills, everything like that and getting set up advice you know, talking to each other about that kind kind of thing and we're able to share the game. It's really fun. Get chirp each other. So if I have a bad game, she'll be able to tell me my tee pushes suck, something like that. So it's actually getting good feedback from each other too during the season. And yeah, it's pretty fun. I can't, we we got to do like a, uh, get one of you mic'd up for one of those goalie sessions during Christmas break. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not me. Yeah. She'd be ripping me if I were doing anything like that. It's fun. But yeah. There's definitely a line when you're, when you're dating someone like that. She made it pretty clear right off the start. She's like, yeah, you're not going to coach me. You're not going to say anything about my game or anything. You're just, and I was like, all right, fair. I was like, you're not going to say anything about mine either. And it's always funny because everybody always asks, oh yeah, like who's better? And that's a loaded question for me. So obviously (laughs) she's better. (laughs) Yeah. The the only criticism you can give is on the setup, right? Yeah. I think mine's better than hers, but she'll she'll disagree. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's, that's pretty much the only thing I could say about that. Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of talked a lot about nationals last year, but not a lot of teams got to play last year. And you guys were very fortunate to pretty much have a full season. Any hiccups during the, the COVID year playing last year? No, actually, I think we were very fortunate. From what I can remember, we didn't have any hiccups at all. It was great because Liberty, I mean, they're pretty right-leaning school, I would say. So they really were doing everything in their power to let us play. For the most part, everything if really did feel like a normal year besides the beginning we had, two, I think, a month and a half of practice before we played those three games against Mary. After that, it was NC State, and then we had a full second half, and it really felt like we were going the entire season because that whole, from August 25th, we were practicing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then we got Sunday off, and we would would not have off weekends. We would be going the entire semester, even though we only had five games, and we were working out and uh, we didn't have any shutdowns or anything like that. We were very fortunate and it really did feel like we had a full season and I'm, we were very lucky to be able to do that because a lot of you see a lot of schools, they got shut down or they didn't have a season at all. And it was very hard because every single team we played was a, like a top five ranked team. We just played Mary, Lindenwood, NC State. Florida Gulf Coast. We had all these hard games and so it was definitely a grind there at the end of the year and it was it was a great experience. So I know we we touched on senior night, but uh how many more games do you guys have to go here in the regular season? We just have two more this upcoming weekend against Florida Gulf Coast and then we're done. I think we just have mock and then hopefully we get a bye right to nationals. We don't have to go to regionals, but yeah, we just got two more in Florida so we get to travel down there a little bit and then hang out and then we're done. But we'll still be skating and everything like that so we don't really have much off time. I think it's good that we'll be able to have a break from games so guys can get healthy because we've been having some injuries, some guys playing through injuries and stuff like that. But for the most part, I think that it will be a good break right before our mock playoffs and our nationals our nationals are on yeah i mean huge games this weekend then because looking at the rankings right now you guys are two in the southeast and florida gulf coast is three and that means a lot in terms of who get who's getting to buy to nationals yeah i think they're they're huge games and us in florida we go at it and we played them in our pool play and whoever won that was going to the uh semifinals last year and so we ended up winning and so it's always a tough game with them the first time we played them we took both and then they came back and took two, took swept us both. The last time we went down there, they beat us both times. And then 
we were able to win a national. So it's definitely a rivalry between our two teams, and I don't think we like each other at all. I would say that they're probably our least favorite team to play. Shout out Florida Gulf Coast. You know who you are. Yeah, we don't we don't really like those guys, and they don't like us. So it's always a pretty heated game. A lot of penalties, a lot of chippiness, and everything like that. But yeah, it's a definitely a good rivalry too. While we're at it, let's touch on the NC State one because I think that that's an interesting one. Like you said, we we had Riley Johnson on a while ago, and he mentioned how they kind of saw it as a rivalry, and and they were fired up to play you guys when they, when they beat you in the regional. And they've kind of come a long way in the past couple of years. And now you guys are, are neck and neck with each other. What are those games like? They've been working their way up since my freshman year. I would say they're just tougher and tougher to play against every year. So, I mean, they've been on the rise. And we know as a team that it's they're, they're a great team. Uh, nothing but respect for them. But it's pretty chippy as well. And this year they changed it. So it was for like a wagon wheel trophy or something between a season series. We played them at home and we, we beat them and they beat us at home. So after they, like the game ended and we lost and our coach is like no we're doing a shootout for the wheel like get back in the net and I thought he was kidding and I was like are you serious and he's like no we're, we're playing right now he's like we're doing a shootout so then we ended up doing a shootout after the second game just for the wagon wheel to, to see who won the season series it was kind of random but so we ended up winning the shootout and got the wheel I mean at least we got the wheel but we lost the game so it didn't really help out in the rankings but we got a wheel in our locker room now which is pretty sweet <laughs> we we had so many questions about the wagon wheel trophy a couple weeks ago when we were because obviously we go through the games of the week and it's like uh it's like it says here liberty and nc state are going to play each other for the wagon wheel i haven't really <laughs> seen anything about it but it says that on the schedule so i'm glad you cleared that up for us yeah it it was the first time doing it and i think everybody was like oh we didn't really even know we were playing for a wheel until like the second game our coach was like no we gotta win we're playing for this wheel and we're like what so, no we playing for the wagon wheel tonight we're going to win. And I was like, oh, all right. I mean, I don't, we really, we really didn't even know about it. I don't think too much, honestly. And so we were kind of like, all right, well, I guess we got this wheel. That's pretty sweet. It was, yeah, it was a good, it was, it's a good little rivalry now. I mean, they always have those sick, like, you know, in the locker room videos, you know, their little like movie things that they do. And it's always, you know, it's always good to watch when they play us. Cause we always, you know, they always put the highlights of me getting like sniped and it kind of pisses me off. So I like, like it when I beat them and I'm making saves in their video, but I got to talk to that, that guy who makes those videos about that. Cause he only puts in my worst moments. Zach. So he came on the show too. Great guy. But yeah, that's, that's funny uh, looking at it from the perspective as the opposing teams in these videos who get highlighted on. Yeah, I mean, I, I message him when I watch his videos. He does a great job. I really enjoy watching him. I think he puts them together great, has good sound quality, everything like that, you know, because I'm, I'm kind of into that cinematography and videography stuff. So I really I really do appreciate what he does, and I think he's amazing at it. I just wish that he'd throw in some sick saves I have every now and then. Well, maybe maybe what you got to do is if you make a sick save, he's obviously not going to put it in the in the package, but maybe you can at least have him send it to you if he's got the raw footage. I know. I have, a, I have quite a few screen recordings from those videos where I just like look like I'm doing something sick like right before I got scored on so then I'm gonna keep those maybe and make it I don't know make a video I don't know take the little clips and yeah but I'm gonna have to ask him about that because he takes a lot of videos so he'll, he'll have to have at least something but yeah it's a uh, it's always fun when we play them there's there's a lot of stuff going on and they're a great team really quick back to the wheel you guys lose the game and then you win the shootout and get the wheel is like are guys like hugging you for you know like we would just won the wheel like what's the vibe in the locker room uh, <laughs> I, I was more mad that we lost the game than winning the wheel, but I, like we went into the shootout and everybody's like, all right, well, let's at least not just lose the wheel too. We just lost. So like, let's at least win this tonight. So that was my mindset. I was like, all right, I just got, we just got waxed. So it's, I think it was like four or five, one, we got, we got beat and I was like, all right, well, 
I'm not going to lose again. We'll lose twice, double whammy. I think we ended up scoring one. I think just we just scored, or yeah, two, I don't know. We scored one or two in the shootout. And then when we won, we were like, all right, well, like that didn't help our rankings. And so everybody was kind of bummed. But I mean, we had a wheel. So everybody was like, yeah. Like they just have this like brown wagon wheel from like, I don't know, like the 1800s. I don't know. And was, they're just carrying it around the locker room. Like we got the wheel. And we were just kind of making fun of it. Like it was kind of a joke. We would have rather have won the game than had the wheel. <laughs> But, I mean, it makes a cool little thing in our locker room now. So you've got the wheel, and, and you mentioned you're looking forward to, you know, a potential Nationals run and hoping guys get healed up at this point. Talk about that mindset going in. I mean, you, Mary, is a big team. NC State's a big team. We talked about Florida Gulf Coast. Any other teams that you guys are keeping an eye out for and, and making a run here? Yeah, I, I think NC State, University of Mary, Florida Gulf Coast, Lindenwood, those are all good teams. At this point, we're... I think we all believe that we are in the mix to win a national championship. And it's just whether or not like we come out as a team and are able to play our game. Cause I think our biggest thing is like the mental aspect of the game is our team will come out and we'll be really inconsistent. You know, I think we played Sue a couple weekends ago in Ohio and we gave up like nine breakaways. So it wasn't great. We ended up losing that. So it's just stuff like that where we kind of just like, you know, give up the game or just do make dumb mistakes that cost us. But we believe that we can beat anybody in the league that we play. And if we play our best hockey, then we'll be fine. But yeah, this is definitely a year where we think that we have a chance at making a good run for the national championship. And then so after this, this season concludes and you're on the job hunt, what does that look like from the aviation field? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm going to try to not flight instruct because something about having a kid never flying a plane and trying to kill me is not really something I look forward to. So I'm not going to be too into that. I'm going to try to finish up some other of my, I have a commercial pilot's license, so I'm trying to get my hours in any way I can without being a flight instructor. And I still have some school left, so I could go back and play hockey till I'm 26, but I think I'm going to call it quits. I don't know. I'm getting kind of old. Body's falling apart, so I'll probably be, you know, trying to get a job and just fly. Like my, you know, family has a plane, so maybe I'll be just flying around in circles, building hours until I get hired. Because I mean, you have to have something insane, like a thousand hours of flying before you get hired by, you know, a major airline. So I'm just gonna be cooking around in circles or something like that. Nothing too great, but it's uh, great that I was able to, you know, fly and play hockey here at the same time and be able to, you know, work towards my career while I'm playing hockey because there's not very many schools in the country that have an aviation program and a hockey team that you're able to do both. So it's pretty great. And, you know, before we let you go, like anything, any shout outs you want to give any other stories that we, that we didn't get to cover tonight? Let's see. Uh, I got to give a shout out to Tim Doe. He's one of our best players in our team. He's a great guy and probably Devin Melise. Got to give a shout out to him. My freshman year, uh, our first road trip, uh, we were on the bus and he, we were driving to play in Ohio. So we're in the middle of West Virginia in the middle of nowhere. And he's like, Hey coach, like I gotta, I gotta go to the bathroom like really bad. Like you gotta stop the bus. Like you gotta pull over. Like it's going to be bad. And he's like, all right, well there's nowhere around. He's like, no, like it's, it's bad emergency. Stop the bus. And so he's like, all right, well, find a gas station so we're buzzing around west in the middle of nowhere and he, we, we pull over at this gas station and Melise runs inside and he's asking for a bathroom and the, the guy who works there is like no we don't have a bathroom dude sorry so this kid runs out and he's like oh i can't i can't do this i and he he just books it across the street and there's like a like a house like a little hidden in the driveway like in the woods and he's like i'm going to the house and he runs and he starts banging on the door 
And like we're all like, dude, what is he doing? And like he's like knocking on the door, and the guy opens the door, and he's like sitting there talking, and he's just like, dude, like I have to go to the bathroom like so bad, like can I use your bathroom? I can't, like I'm gonna crap my pants, like I need to go right now. And the guy was like, all right, like sure. You just let him inside <laughs> to use the bathroom, and we're all like, dude, what? Like uh, we should probably go, you know, send someone over there too. Like just went in some random guy's house. So we, <laughs> our coach went over there, make sure everything's okay. But he just ran across the street and some random dude's house, use his bathroom, and all right. <laughs> it was kind of interesting. Talk about great hospitality from the state of West Virginia, right there. Yeah, I mean, if someone's sl- knocking on your door, <laughs> I mean, I probably wouldn't let him in. But it was, yeah, it was really fun, fun time. He's lucky the guy didn't answer with like a shotgun in his hands. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he just let him inside, he's just like, all right, yeah, like, go for it instantly. And it, like, and he's like, thanks so much. And he just runs in there. Well, on that note, Dakota, thank, thanks for coming on. I mean, awesome perspective. Congrats on, you know, four years and getting to celebrate senior night the other night. And we wish you and the Flames the best of luck in the D2 tournament here coming up soon in the spring. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, guys. Once again, thank you to Dakota for joining us this week. That interview was presented by Optimex Sports. Optimex Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. The best part, your first year is free. Be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral code at OptimexSports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod. Can't say enough good things about Optimex Sports. I know I've been talking to a lot of people recently. They're asking like, hey, is this sponsorship? Is this legit? More than legit. Now is the time to hop on it. The more teams that that start looking into it, Optimex, they're going to get busy and they're going to be able to handle it because they know what they're doing with the ACHA and they know exactly what you're looking for in your website. Be sure to reach out to them. Head over to OptimexSports.com. They're going to get you hooked up for the next year because your first year is free. Follow them on Instagram. They're posting all about the new website they're, they're creating and what teams are signing up for them. So if you want to check out the demo websites that they've done before, you can do that as well. If you have any questions, feel free to send us a DM. We have kind of a, a test dummy website that we play around with every once in a while. So we can answer any questions that you have. These guys are the real deal. So be sure to check them out at OptumExports.com. Want to give a shout out to maybe those guys who who are looking to play in the ACHA and listening this week. Uh, there are a couple prospect skates going on. By the time this gets published, uh, this one will probably have already passed, but Eastern Michigan is holding a prospect skate this Friday, April 9th. They play at the ACHA Division One level and their home rink is the Ann Arbor Ice Cube. They're doing all kinds of things. I think they were doing like a hotel deal if you were coming in town for the prospect skate, but they have a new coach on staff and, and he's looking to do great things already. And, and so really cool to see when teams do these prospect skates Another team that's doing a prospect skate, DePaul. They're hosting one on April 22nd. It includes a tour on campus. You can actually go to the hockey house and hang out with the guys, which I love. And then they're doing a skate at Johnny's Ice House West in Chicago. They play in ACHA D2. Another D2 team that's doing a prospect skate is Millersville. They are having theirs on April 23rd. I would assume this is at the Lancaster Ice Arena in Lancaster, PA. I would assume that's probably for their D2 team and their D3 team. But be on the lookout for those. If your team is hosting a prospect skate and you'd like us to advertise it on the show, feel free to send us a DM with the information we'd love to promote it because the more guys we can get playing in the ACHA the better off we're all gonna be that just about wraps up the show for this week I did want to close with some final thoughts this week April 6th marks the four-year anniversary since tragedy struck the hockey world the Humboldt Broncos I'm sure as you all know of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League were on their way to a playoff game when their bus was struck by a tractor trailer. 29 people were on board the bus that day, including players and team personnel. 16 were killed, and
and the remaining 13 were injured. It's a sad day for the hockey world. I can remember exactly where I was uh, the next day on April 27th when I learned of the news. Can't imagine what the people who are involved in that went through. I can't imagine what their families are still going through to this day. It is just a reminder about how precious your time is with your teammates and your family. Those things should never be taken for granted. And you know, the Humboldt Broncos will have a special place in, in everyone's hearts in the hockey world till the day, you know, there's a day doesn't go by where people don't think about the Humboldt Broncos and those boys that are that are still around and have continued their hockey careers. Nothing but a blessing to those those men. And it's been great to watch their recovery. And, you know, we always keep them in our hearts. And I just wanted to kind of end this with with a positive note. Parker Tobin was the goalie for that Humboldt Broncos team. And since his death, uh, his family launched the Parker Tobin Memorial Fund. So in, in memory of Parker Tobin, the Tobin family, they take the donations that they've received since the accident. And they've been using that money to give to young goaltenders in need of financial support to offset the expensive costs of playing goalie. And so this year's recipient of the donation was Ethan McKay of St. George's. And I just thought that, you know, such a tragic event. Um, it's always good to find kind of a, a glimmer of hope in there and, and to see that Parker Tobin's legacy is living on through other young goaltenders is, is remarkable. And, and I'm sure he would be proud to know that his name is, is attached to that. And so with that, we wanted to wish everyone a good weekend and, and we'll see you next week. 